0: Welcome to Southern Discomfort. This is one of the most unique podcasts on the internet Southern tales of the weird, wild, mysterious, unusual, voodoo, cryptids, hauntings. Are you intrigued yet? This is Southern Discomfort. Southern Discomfort. And now, your hosts, April and Christine.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back. I am your host, April, and you. I am joined by, as always, the co-host, Christine, what up? Hey everybody, so we're back, and I and just want to let everybody know that we didn't go anywhere. We didn't go anywhere, and we are not defunct, and um, thank you guys for being very, very, very patient, because it went a little bit longer than normal, because we had some life events that happened that were sudden, unexpected, and uh, what can I say? Um, I caught this little thing this, uh going around. Um, y'all might have heard of it. It's called COVID. Lost my voice. And then we had a hurricane that came through, Ida, um, left us without power, left us without our our engineer sound engineer so he had to go do his thing and we're back and we're excited so if you guys are listening for the first time welcome if um you guys are our wonderful loyal listeners and regulars welcome back yeah, and just want to
2: remind everybody um, to look for us on social channels um, Instagram, Southern Discomfort PC, Twitter, at So Disco PC, um, Pod um, Southern Discomfort Podcast, and you can also email us at Southern Discomfort Podcast at gmail.com. I don't have, uh, well, and I'll just say a little bit about this. A few months ago, my Facebook was hacked. Um, So just word to the wise, change your passwords, change them across all of your uh, platforms and don't use the same password for all of your logins. I've learned the hard way. But saying that to say we are on Facebook, unfortunately, Um, I'm not able to access anything facebook related right now but do definitely follow us um there as well yeah Um,
1: she was our face our social media like driver and i'll just do better that's okay we're still there
2: yeah i can totally handle instagram i didn't lose instagram um but facebook is gone but just wanted to say uh that I learned the hard way. And I think sharing that information out with really anybody is good to know because it it can and absolutely does happen. Um, but anyway, uh, what's our drink uh, du jour?
1: Yeah, so tonight we are discussing a topic that takes place uh, mostly in Moss Point, Mississippi. So we're going with a craft beer out of Hattiesburg, Mississippi. This is my favorite brewery, Southern Prohibition, in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And it's it's Susie B. It's unfiltered, flavorful, and this is great for any occasion. It's wheat, barley hops, water, and yeast. It's a blonde ale. And it's 5% alcohol by volume. So, that's what we have for tonight. And also, just want to... Uh, have a disc, uh, disclaimer out there that, because we kind of got away from it, but we cover adult content, and listener di- discretion is advised. especially for this one. So, tonight, we are discussing the topic of the death and dismemberment of Jeffrey Wolf and the rape and survival of his then-girlfriend, Charlene Brook Leaser. Um, we are going to honor the victims and this is not about the perps okay so in the early morning hours of august 11, 1996 jeffrey wolf 21 from conroe texas and charlene brooke Leeser, 18 they drove from houston texas area and to jackson county mississippi uh, moss point mississippi so this was after receiving a note inviting him to come so, Wolf and Lisa had only known each other after a few weeks, and he had asked her to accompany him on this trip um, to the Mississippi Gulf Coast um, to what he told her was to pick up the money. And um, some, of the, the, some friends had owed him, and she later learned that this money that was owed was a drug transaction. That's why. So, while they were down there on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, he also planned on buying some new wheels for his, and rooms for his tires for his vehicle. And then they would come back through New Orleans, and they were just going to make a vacation out of it. So I'm sure she said, yeah, that sounds fun. Let's go do that. So Because at first when I saw this story, I said, oh, they were vacationing in Moss Point? Okay, but but I, they were going to um, do their vacation in, in New Orleans, actually. So that makes yeah. sense.
2: I wondered the same thing, because it's, and I was like, Jackson County,
1: is there really any sort of, like,
2: tourist um, attraction there? The only thing I remember about Moss Point, Mississippi, is you leave in your purse um, at a restaurant when we were kids on our way, well, I think you were a teenager on our way to, back from Florida.
1: That's the only thing I remember about Moss Point. I forgot about that, yes. They have the beaches down there, but... Um, I think the emphasis was on New Orleans for this trip. So uh, Wolf had about $1,200 in his wallet at the time, and Lisa had approximately $200. And in 1996, you know, they were, that's enough to have a, a good time. But they were expected, which um, we'll get into, a very large sum of money, so they were going to anticipate having a really good time, I'm sure, in New Orleans with thousands of dollars. So uh, yeah. when they arrived to Moss Point. They checked into the Kings Inn Hotel. So Wolf and Lisa they went to sleep after they drove drove in from um, the Houston area. And then when Wolf woke up, he left he left Lisa at the hotel to meet Sonny Milano. And we'll find out that um, that he is the brother of Timothy Milano, which we'll get into a little bit later. Um, and so Sonny worked at a local tire store. So. He had, Wolf had met Sonny a few weeks earlier, and this is while he was on the coast conducting drug deals. Later that afternoon, Wolf and Sonny returned to the hotel to pick Lisa up for dinner, so, and Sonny left to go get his girlfriend, and the four of them met in the hotel room that they were staying in, and then they, took, they left from there, and they drove to Shoney's where they dined together. Shoney's. I had forgotten about that name so until I um, until I read, you know, looked into this. Wolf asked if Sonny planned to go to Simmons' house. This is Gary Simmons. And he wondered if he was going to go there that evening. And Sonny's girlfriend protested very loudly that she just didn't want him going. So when he dropped her off, he went over there anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's about right. Um, yeah. So at this was, point, at this point, uh, I'll tell you, Gary Simmons, he was 33 at the time. He was their drug friend of this group. Simmons asked Sonny if he had seen Wolf, and Sonny told him that they ate dinner together. And then Simmons told Sonny to get to call Wolf and have him come over. So that's what he did. Sonny called him in his hotel room, and he told him that he was at Simmons' house for him to come over. And then Wolf told Sonny that he would be there he'd be there shortly so at that point Simmons told Sonny to leave his house which he reported later that that was just normal that was just Simmons like he could be abrupt like that so Wolf and Lisa returned to their hotel where they relaxed a bit before they drove out to Simmons house but they found no one home and after leaving the house to pick up cigarettes and a beverage Wolf and Lisa returned to the hotel And so to pass time, the two of them, they went to Walmart, and then they tried to meet Simmons at his house. They went by there, and no one was home. And then by this time, it was about 10 p.m. And then they went back to the hotel. So then around midnight, Wolf received a phone call. This is while Lisa stood outside smoking a cigarette, and he hung up the phone, and he told her that um, it was time that they were at Simmons' house. He was there, so it was like, come on, let's go. When they arrived at Simmons' house, they found him outside, sitting on the front porch, smoking a joint, and he offered um, offered it to the two of them, and so she partook, and he uh, Wolf refused. So then um, Timothy Milano drove up just as they finished smoking, and Simmons was so so Simmons Gary Simmons was the former brother-in-law of Timothy. And Sonny Milano, because they were, Timothy and Sonny were brothers. And so, Gary Simmons married their sister.
2: Okay, see, I wonder what that connection was. Right,
1: but then they had divorced. So, Simmons offered them a beer, and they walked into the kitchen to get a beer while Lisa sat down at the table in the living room to roll another joint.
2: Lisa heard Wolf and Milano talking in the doorway that separated the kitchen and the living room. Wolf mentioned the money that he was owed. Apparently, uh, Simmons and Milano owed um, him between twelve dollars and $20,000. And they didn't have the money or the drugs. Simmons returned from the kitchen while Wolf and Milano discussed the problem at hand. And Brooke testified that while she was sitting at the table, she was looking down, rolling uh, another joint, and she heard gunshots. And then when she looked up, she saw Wolf fall to the ground and Timothy Milano was seen in behind him with a gun. So after that happened, of course, she's in a state of, I'm sure, initial shock. Well, she, Simmons grabs her and I guess shields her from, or tries to shield her from looking at, at his body, at wolf's body. And Brooke noticed uh, Milano um, holding what was would later be identified as states exhibit 29 a 22 caliber rifle so simmons takes her to a back bedroom of the house and forces her to lie down and face the floor um he got on top of her and began uh questioning her asking her whether um they were cops whether he had they had any drugs on them and who uh, who knew that they were in mississippi um, she was hysterical, of course, and told him that she didn't know anything and that she only had just become acquainted with him a couple weeks ago, which is true. Like, his dad corroborates that story. Like, he had just like come home and be like, Hey, it's my new girlfriend. We're going on vacation. And- and she said, you know, that that may have been crazy, but like he's a good looking guy and he's right. living the past life. And she's I mean, she was attracted to that and it was exhilarating. So she was just like, yeah, man, let's go. Without really knowing any of the details. So after he questioned her, he then hog tied her and then locked her in a metal box with dimensions that are like similar to a large foot locker, like, and I think like an army surplus type box. Yeah. And he was telling her he was on a time frame that he couldn't mess anything up. Okay. 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 I'm on a time frame
1: now. <laughs> you better cooperate. What?
2: Program lady So um She managed to Untie her hands and feet And um was trying to Well was kicking the top of the box But um Obviously wasn't working out But um she Continued at least trying To kick the top of the box until he Finally came back Um and he took her out of the box Um Took off all of her clothes. Tied her up again. And then put her back in the box. I'm like what? Okay. So again. She uh, was able to free herself from the ropes. Like she's a country girl. I mean like you aren't going to really be able to hold her down with rope. And you know. um, She's not going to be afraid to try to break out of this metal box. Right. So. After a considerable Length of time had passed um, He comes back to the box Takes her out again um, And he was naked At that point And he made her lay down And um Well made her lay face down on the floor In the bedroom And uh he to- She said you know like I'm on my period And he's he's like well just take out your tampon That's what Doesn't the f- matter, like okay, yuck. Um, <laughs> but he then does rape her, telling her that, um, how well she performs sexually determines whether she lives or dies. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, and then nice guy. She later testified that she thought he was holding a pistol to the back of her head during the assault, so um. I can't imagine just the yeah,
1: just no just mm-hmm. thinking that there's a gun have, to the back of your head,
2: yeah, you would you would have to like I guess close that part of your brain off to it to survive, yeah, um, but afterwards, Simmons asked Milano if he would like to get in on the action as well, but he, he turned him down because
1: like, he's a great guy, he's like, no, I only um, murder, I don't rape.
2: Yeah, I'm just, the, I just shoot people, what was it, like nine times? Um. Right. Oh so, then Simmons takes Brooke to the bathroom, and he did, he, he was gracious enough to let her clean up with a saw. Really nice of him. Right. You, oh, yeah. Yet again, ties her back up, and locks her in Here the Here we box.
1: go again. So, while... Leaster was secured in the box. Simmons and Milano went about their plan to dispose of Wolf's body. Simmons was a butcher in a, a local meat market. Um, and then later on, Simmons' co-worker, Charles Jenkins, testified during his proceedings that at that particular week, he thought something was odd because Simmons sharpened all of his knives and he took them home for the weekend. And he said this was unusual because they all normally left the knives at work and the only other time that he could remember anyone taking their knives home was was before they left or if they were going out on extended time off or if they quit. So Simmons took those knives and began dismembering Wolf in the bathtub. After gutting him and severing his head and limbs, Simmons, along with Milano's help, began distributing wolf's remains into the bayou that ran behind Simmons' property. And he used a boat that he borrowed from his neighbor, Donald Taylor, just hours before to do this. Um, So they were known to have alligators in the bayou and the surrounding area. And then the bayou um, had a running current that eventually ran through the tributaries and then fed into the Gulf of Mexico. So Simmons told Taylor that he needed the boat to go fishing are still locked in the box. Again, untied herself. Simmons returned to the box smoking marijuana, and uh, he offered some. He let her out of the box, and he offered some to her. So she accepted, of course. Like, I'm sure she was like, Oh, let me calm my nerves. Like, And then probably just to appease her captor as well. Um, so then he locked her back in the box with a blanket. She was probably like, what the fuck? Like, this is like okay so we're going through this abuse and then um, you're off you're being accommodating you know for me and a blanket okay so
2: it's like she gets out and then she has to go right back in because she i remember um in one um tv show she was saying that every time the box closed it was pitch black and all she could do is just Pray over and over again, just consistently that she was gonna that she would survive. I can't imagine.
1: I can't. So then she woke up to the sound of the telephone ringing, and it just rang and rang and rang, and no one answered. So then when she realized this, then she would begin to you know wake up and put it together. Okay, nobody's here. Nobody's in the house. So that's when she began banging on the top of the box. The lid popped off. And she managed to get out of the house. And on her way out the door, she grabbed a bag with some of her clothes and belongings in it. And then she, uh, even though she was partially dressed, she ran to a neighbor's house. And then she convinced the neighbors to call the police. And at first when I saw this, heard this, and was reading this, I thought, oh, my God. Because like you said, and there's a a show out there, uh, a TV show, an episode about this. And um, she saw that uh, at one point she saw where. He had pulled back up. This is course after she had convinced the neighbors to call the police, but they wouldn't let her inside. So she had to wait out there. I can't even imagine the fear. Like, am I gonna get caught? Am I gonna Am I gonna she be seen?
2: She said her whole body was shaking, like she her teeth were were chattering and I was like, Oh my god, yeah. just, the trauma.
1: Right, exactly. So at first, I thought, oh, my gosh, they didn't even let her inside. But then I started to think about from the perspective of perspective of the neighbors. And I thought, okay, that is smart. They don't know who this is. They don't know what this is about. And they did call the police. So, you know, they were probably thinking, you know, that is the safest thing, really, if you don't know what's going on. Because if you watch movies or like The Purge or something, you know, that just could be a setup. You don't know. Set up well, to and- open the door and then...
2: Right, and they could have, you know, seen goings on at Gary Simmons' house that made them uneasy too.
1: That's see? true. That's true. And they're like, "What is this all about?" And we don't know. I didn't know. I didn't find out if they were elderly or not. I mean, maybe they're even more precau- precautious. I probably in my younger day, I probably if they was me, I probably would have been like, "Yeah, come on." But now I, I see. Okay, the best thing to do would. Yeah, that was a safe, safe option. So many different law enforcement agencies were involved in this investigation um, on the scene of the crime. So Lisa told the police that that they that Wolf had been shot and that she had been raped. So once they arrive on the scene, they begin to secure the area and investigate. They the police officers entered the house with her. They brought her with them to determine if a crime had even been committed and whether there were other victims still in the house. So I just thought about this. I thought, oh, they bring the victim into the scene of the crime. Um, I don't think they do that these days anymore. I would like to think that they wouldn't because they didn't. I'm not sure if the scene was even secure, but I just thought that was just kind of bizarre.
2: Yeah, that is strange let me me. bring
1: you back into the scene where all this happened (laughs) trigger you some more
2: like what would be so i mean i don't just don't understand the purpose
1: yeah so once they saw the blood and all the other evidence of the violent crime then they left the house and they um got a search warrant and after they obtained the search warrant the police called the mississippi crime lab they entered the house to gather evidence they collected portions of fingernails from a wastebasket, a used condom, which later DNA confirmed to be Simmons, and then two used tampons, among other things. The lo- local police department also recovered a Marlin 22 caliber rifle, eight empty 22 caliber shell casings, and Wolf and Lisa's personal items originally left in their hotel room. So Simmons had went to their hotel room at King's Inn and burglarized... Uh, this room and took their stuff and brought it back and there was some um discussion about this that i saw online like was that because they were trying to get rid of the evidence that they were even there they uh more than likely so the the police wouldn't find that and say okay well and he just thought he was going to get away at that point i guess
2: uh, that's what it sounds like
1: so near the rear of the property this small boat that they that Simmons had used was spotted in the water and then they found four five gallon white buckets one green plastic barrel one gallon bottle of Clorox bleach a brush a knife a brush hook the brush and the brush hook appeared to be covered in blood and the aluminum boat paddle was also had bloody fingerprints on it and then the officers discovered a piece of flesh So, oh, a gruesome scene. It just only, like, conjures up in my mind, like, this had to be horrific. So, the local coroner helped with the investigation, and outside the house, but still on or very near Simmons' property, they found the rest of Wolf's body. The police officers floated approximately 200 yards down the bayou, where they found various parts of skin, muscle, chest, abdominal walls, penis and testicles, lungs, heart, intestines, liver, and fingers and toes from a young white male. Yeah. So the body parts had been cut sharply with precision into block-like sections of tissue. Most of the bones had been separated and the flesh found had pieces of bullet holes in them. One portion of the chest had five bullet holes in it while the other portion revealed one bullet hole. And then some of the internal organs and the heart and the lungs specifically also had bullet holes in them. The left lung had a bullet lodged in it. The gunshot wounds uh, were determined to be the cause of death. And further research of the area revealed Wolf's severed head, his upper chest portion, pelvic area without his reproductive organs.
2: Over two days of searching, um, they recovered, on the first day, 85 pounds of human remains, the largest of which was 17 inches in diameter. And the next day, they collected 41 pounds of um, four pieces. Some pieces later were large enough, found later, were large enough to have been like his tattoo. Identify his tattoos put back together. Mm. Mm. All of flesh was identified as belonging to Jeffrey Wolf. Um, Simmons had dismembered him in the bathtub. And carried his body parts out of the house in buckets to the boat. And dumped them in the bayou. This was confirmed... By Simmons' former co-worker at the butcher shop Who saw him carry his knives home for the weekend And Rita Taylor, a neighbor and the wife of Donald um, Who testified that she was awake at 3 a.m. on the night in question And stepped outside uh, to put some bills in her truck To mail the next day And she could see um, by the streetlight Simmons and Tim Milano uh, both of whom she was she had previously been introduced to um, on occasion and each said that each of them were carrying a white bucket towards the bayou. Um, later, authorities found several white buckets by the boat and identified DNA matter on them. Um, Simmons left his house after um, dismembering and getting rid of um, the body parts, he drove to Mobile, Alabama, where he then made a videotape for his ex-wife and children, and uh, throughout the video recording, um, he speaks to his family um, the most in general terms about what he had done. And he never, like, specifically admits to committing any of the crimes. Um, so he then mails this video to his wife and drove back to um, the coast. She would then later give this to his attorney. He When he gets back um, from his jaunt over to Mobile, um, he, of course... Gets home and finds that Brooke's gone And you know Knows at that point she's escaped So he immediately left again And goes to uh, See a friend Dennis Guess Um, Meanwhile um, Brooke reported That uh, when she Was at the neighbor's house Across the street and they had called police For her that she'd actually Seen him drive back up Uh, While she was still outside. But anyway. um, So guests testified. That while they were talking. um, Simmons tells him. That he had just whacked. A drug dealer. Deboned him. Cut him up into little pieces. And threw him in the bayou. Nice. Um, So. um, He then tells him. That he used a butcher knife. And bolt cutters. To get this job done. Wow. Um, and then furthermore um, Tells him that he had A girl in a box and planned to Quote Unquote train her And keep her around as a Sex toy but then told him That she had actually escaped The conversation Obviously um, Then turned to What realistic options Did he actually have left Um, And after talking to Dennis about it, he decided that um, just leaving um, or committing suicide, just leaving the area or committing suicide would be his only option. So um, he then, uh, I guess, did a complete uh, 190 and actually um, calls police um, because he wants to turn himself in.
1: A coworker said that Simmons was nice, but he had a strange side and he would occasionally talk about sex fantasy involving locking up women. So Milano was soon arrested and Simmons did turn himself in a few days later. Both men were charged with killing the with killing Jeffrey Wolf and was found guilty. Milano was given life without any possibility of parole. They uh, will note here that um, they actually had separate trials. So they didn't didn't try them together. They tried them separately. So two different juries came up with two different verdicts. And then records show that Milano, along with his twin sister, were abandoned by their mother, who was a heroin addict, and frequented biker bars in Oklahoma where they, when they were toddlers and then they were later adopted. He attended special education classes as Pasca, in Pascagoula High School. So that's just, um, just noteworthy, maybe. It doesn't change, you know, what he did or his, his behavior. So a jury did find that Simmons intended Wolf's death and contemplated that lethal force would be employed and Gary Carl Simmons Jr. was convicted of capital murder and sentenced to death for the murder of Jeffrey Wolf and the rape and kidnapping of Lisa. Simmons was he was sentenced to death, and he was finally executed in Mississippi in June 2012. There's also a, his bizarre last meal request that you can find online. It's um, 29,000 calories not going to discuss it here but if you want to go look that up it's out there so um, Gary Carl Simmons Jr. 49 was pronounced dead at 6:16 p.m. after an ejection at the Mississippi State Parchman Penitentiary and that concludes our story tonight thank you guys for coming back and thank you guys for listening and we you won't have to wait that much longer for next time and remember, always keep one eye open because you never know what you might see. Is your hair magenta or is that the light? Girl, it is magenta. Nice. That's dumb. What are you, 12? <laughs> Why can't she hear you?
0: Which one are you on? I'm not talking into it What are you, 12?
1: Where
0: are you, 12? I'm going to dye my hair magenta because I don't want to be almost 40.
1: What are you, the hair police? I'm
0: 46. Oh, I don't want to be 46 so I'm going to act like I'm 22.
2: What's that got to do with my... I'm going
0: to shop at my daughter's closet.
2: My daughter's closet, that's not even a store.
1: No, that was on a skit one time. He thinks it's funny. Oh, now he wants to be funny. He was just like, oh... Over me because I. You're too
0: old to have your hair that color. That is ridiculous.
1: Okay, Papa. Right, exactly.
0: Stop trying to be forever young.
1: Stop trying to tell people how how old you're going to be when you color your hair.
0: (laughs) It's time to be grown up.
1: It is my favorite um, brewing. What is that place called? Brewery. (laughs) Shit, I was trying not to say brewery.
2: See, I I didn't know. Shit. I was recalling what had happened. And remember. I forgot. Okay. And remember, always keep one eye open because you never know what you might see. Okay.
0: You've been listening to Southern Discomfort with April and Christine. As you can tell, this is one of the most unique podcasts on the internet. So we want you to be able to reach out to us. Send emails to Southern Discomfort Podcast at gmail.com. On Facebook it's Southern Discomfort Podcast and on Instagram at Southern Discomfort PC. And for shows visit southerndiscomfort.podbean.com. And this podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcast. Till next time, keep one eye open because you never know what you might see. This is Southern Discomfort. Signing off.